Hello, George Brundle. Hi, Larry Davis. Good morning, George Brundle. Oh, I thought you were going to say Vietnam. Well, like the movie, the Good Morning Vietnam. I, yes, that's... Well, Have that's you seen the morning. movie Good Morning Vietnam? Yeah, it's not very funny. No. It's like Vietnam. <laughs> Robin Williams had flashbacks to Good Morning Vietnam. That's why he killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to start the year-end uh, celebration of all things great in video games this year. The Golden Gizmos. God, has uh, it already been a year since Robin Williams killed himself? It's longer than that. I can't believe it's been a whole year. It's that was like four or five years yeah. ago. Like before Maybe I get more. into the before I get into the Golden Gizmos, I did since this is uh, interfering with us doing the weekly podcast and it's difficult for us to kind of segue into unrelated stuff. I still kind of wanted to bring up that you and I uh, saw a movie recently. Uh, this is a fairly big release. It's a continuation of a previously you know beloved franchise that kind of went on ice for a while. Uh, and I'm, of course, talking about Gremlins 3, Dawn of Desmond. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic movie. Uh, I, I would feel remiss not bringing it up, given how cultural, culturally important I think it is. Right. Uh, I mean, like, the Gremlins franchise had been dormant for so long that it's yeah. nice that somebody was able to bring it back. It's available on YouTube. Uh, you do have to buy, like, a vinyl album as the price of admission, which is a little bit weird, and it's, like, more expensive than a movie ticket, but also Scribblance 3. You know, you gotta you, support what you love. You also, you don't have to buy it before watching. You can watch it and then buy it later. Yeah. Just as long as you do eventually. Yes. Uh, we are asking for honesty. Nick is on asking the for honesty. Nick is asking for honesty, yes. Gremlins but... 3 operates on the honor system. <laughs> That's true. Um, it's really good. Uh, I recommend everybody go out and watch it. I don't want to give anything away. There's a lot of uh, twists and turns. There's a big surprise reveal at the end of the movie that honestly blew my socks off. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, when you have something like a franchise that people are very familiar with and you come back to it after a long time, it, you kind of, mm -hmm. it, it's a bit, um, you feel like you have to do something new and fresh with it. You have to maybe get a little bit meta with it, you know? Like yeah. Gremlins 2 did. Yeah. No, you need to like clearly make your mission statement part of the text of the movie. Yeah. Uh, which Gremlins did, of course, during its open bar Bloody Mary scene, uh, yes. which I don't want to give away too many details of. But let's just say there's some great recipes uh, in this movie. Right. Did I you try be... it? I yes. Um, I'm not a Gremlin, so I've been very sick for a few days. Okay. That explains it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the Desmond special is kind of, that's formulated for the gremlin physiology. Yes, uh, yeah. Or at least, well, gremlin human hybrid ass. Yeah. You know? uh, it, surprising returns, uh, some some characters come back, a, a character comes back, uh, but I don't want to ruin anything about it. It's not Robert Picardo, though. I, I no, feel that, no. you know, I wish they tried harder to get Robert Picardo. No, nothing's perfect. Not even Gremlins three. It didn't have Robert they, Ricardo. They also couldn't get Greta back. I bet, like her. No, they had Greta. South... Greta wasn't in there. Yeah, she appeared uh, when uh, Desmond was getting his best wishes from family and friends. Greta. Oh up. yeah, you know that. Yes, that's right. And now I've given away a crucial part All of the right. movie for well, everybody at home. Look at what you fucking done, you little monster. You jerk. Piece of crap. Let's talk about the Gizmos. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh, we also watched The Matrix, but who the fuck cares? We'll talk about that next week. Like, that's not nearly as important as no. Gremlins 3. We've got business to get through, and that business can only be stopped by Gremlins News. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's all the Gremlins News that we have. You should, uh, because... also, you should also watch uh, Gremlins 3 to learn about the other forms of Gremlin, yeah. uh, like Mugu. Yes. <laughs> Who could forget about the Mugu? Steven Spielberg. He didn't know about the Mugu. Ah, uh, piece of shit. Garbage. He should Snob. be jailed. Yeah. Uh, the Golden Gizmos. All the glitz and glamour. It, it's ba, back. Ba, ba. Yep, here we This are. year we've trimmed down our like 10 categories to 3 because they've only released like 5 fucking video games this year. Yep, uh, because I had started looking at the list and I was like, I, man, all of these would just be the same like 3 or 4 games yeah. over and over again, so yeah. Pretty much. Uh, I convinced you to do 2 more categories other than just Game of the Year, which you yeah. were telling me was all it was going to be and i was like there's no way we can have the grimmies uh a, a true celebration of freaks and monsters be longer than the gizmos on the other hand wouldn't that be appropriate for this year it would but i don't want to end the year on that dower of a note i don't want to end this podcast on that dower of a note so i want to you know well, get into the, the stuff that we end with matrix talk apparently yeah i said it, you know, it's something that I like. I think that's a good movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But we'll get to next week. So then uh, we'll do the uh, the actual game of the year last. First mm-hmm. of all, best remake slash remodel. I tried, but I could not find me. remodel what remaster remake remodel is the name of the category that doesn't sound right at all but okay what's your list it is because it is based it's named after the uh roxy music song which the people just i don't i don't remember this being the case any year prior to this it absolutely was i can (laughs) go grab the uh images i feel like all right whatever show me the tapes okay i will after this i'm not going to do it right now all right number my number three remake slash remodel is the mass effect legendary edition oh yeah i forgot that that came out this year yeah because two of the three games are not games that i want to play yeah i guess but (laughs) like there's nothing super special about this uh but like it runs pretty well. It includes all the DLC. Uh, you have everything in one place for once on uh, new consoles. So, congratulations to Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It's not broken. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the case with all of mine too. Is like they don't really do anything spectacular, but like, hey, it's the same game again, mm. and it's nice that it's available on a modern console. Console where it runs better and looks better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I 
would have had three, but my number three on mine is one that I haven't played yet. It's just one that I remembered came out this year. So I'm just going to do two of them. Uh, so my number What's two is three. Uh, would be the Yakuza collection. Okay. Because I was I trying to figure out, like, it. yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, what remasters came out this year to put together a list for the category. And I realized I only really, like, I think I played two of them and that's it. Uh, but Yakuza is one I'm interested in. It's one I have up on my shelf. I'm probably going to like crack that thing open and start playing it probably after we record this thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't got into it yet, so I don't know what the quality of it is. But it's Yakuza. It's got Yakuza 3. It's like the best one. It's the only one that I've played, so it's the best <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, someday you'll play it, maybe. Got remember Japanese when the, Adam Kroll in Remember it. when I got it for you like five months ago and said like, just yeah. at least play four by the end of the year and you're like, <laughs> There's technically two days left until the end of the year as of this recording. I can still do no, it. No, it doesn't count if you just like put it in your PlayStation <laughs> and start it up. Good news, Larry. I've installed Yakuza 4 by the end of the year. Congratulations. I might play it by the end of 2020. Who knows? You're number two. My number two is Oddworld Soulstorm. We had a little bit of a debate about this before the podcast because I don't totally agree. It's a remake of Abe's Uh, uh, Exodus. I think it's less of a remake and more of a do-over, honestly. What do you think a remake is? Red's remaking a thing. It's still the same basic thing, like the same story, more or less. This thing feels like it changes like... I, from what I played of it, which was half of the game, because I hit that point where I kind of broke it, it didn't feel like a remake to me. It felt like they were just totally like wiping that second one out from existence and just remake. Okay, well, now that I say it like that, yeah, it's a remake. <laughs> Remember Resident Evil 3 remake? Okay, point taken. Jackass. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Talk about Soulstorm. I don't know. I mean, like they remade uh, Abe's Exodus in like a new expanded form, and it's pretty good. I didn't finish it. Uh, no, me either. Because again, like that thing kind of seemed broken when I was playing it. Like there was a bunch of stuff about it that just, it was like super janky. I was just about to go back to it though because it just updated. Now it's yeah. you know, the definitive edition or whatever. Uh, and so I well, wonder if they fixed like some of the weird bugs and things yeah. like that in it. I, I, my... I feel like that that's a good game that just kind of came out a little hot. Uh, yeah. Maybe need a bit more time. It it came out of that studio like Desmond flying over a nuclear power hey, plant. Hey, 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 which hey. is a reference that you'll get when you watch Gremlins 3, Dawn of Desmond, now available on YouTube. <laughs> you were worried Please. about spoilers before. Um... Yeah, I, I don't have PlayStation Plus anymore, so I can't just like go right back to it. But whenever oh, they decide to right. start putting good games on PlayStation Plus again, and I feel compelled to like re-up my subscription to that service, I'll probably sit down and try to give another shot. But like, the straw that broke my back was uh, both that boss fight on the train. Bending over to pick up a shirt. <laughs> I mean, that, yes, in real life. Um, no, the, the boss fight on the train with the giant turret thing. That just one's felt, really bad. Like, that's probably the worst part of the entire game. Yeah, it's so fucking miserable, that level. Uh, but then, like, shortly after that, I did the one where you're... I, mean, I was going to say you're rescuing the Madokans, but that's, like, every single level of this thing. Yeah. Um, 
it's you're inside this like large factory area it's very vertically oriented and there was just like at a certain point the i real totally, shoot the real shooter segment yeah i yeah. where i totally fucked something up and there was no way to easily go back and redo it and so i was just like man fuck this yeah like i just had enough um i'm probably ready to come back to it though i've given it enough of a of a gap yeah so. But yeah, my number two is Sonic Colors Ultimate, uh, which outside of the FMV stuttering like crazy, which I need to check out and see whether that last update fixed that, runs pretty good. Yeah. It's Sonic Colors, but it's at 60 frames a second. What the fuck? That's good. Yes. Sonic Colors is great. They took all the boxy things and made them rounder. It's a look, sight to behold. Look at how round this pad down here is. <laughs> I was genuinely worried about the remaster before it came out because, like, early screenshots of that thing just made it look like they took all the lighting out and just kind of reduced the graphical fidelity of it, like, on the whole. What was the deal with that, anyway? It must have been some sort of in-progress image that either leaked or was just part of some sort of, like, someone's coverage of the game, and that's one of the images they gave out. I don't know. But, like, that image is not indicative of the final product at all. They actually did a remarkably good job remastering the game. Uh, Again, outside of the FMVs, which are scaled using some sort of, like, smart scaling technology, uh, which means you have a lot of, like, textures and parts of the... Yeah, you have parts of the image that are very wobbly, and it doesn't look right, and I wish they did something else with that. Um, You've got Smooth Ringo over here next to Eggman. Ooh, Oh, that's gross. <laughs> Cuckoo-ca-choo, man. Fuck. Ringo and George as Scratch and Grounder. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Harrison's the one that got shot? No, John Lennon. Ringo Starr's the one that got... Ringo Star shot John Lennon? Ringo's still alive. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, him and Paul. Paul's... He, the worst thing Paul ever did was uh, making uh, have a wonderful Christmas time. Although, thankfully, uh, Desmond fixed that and turned it into yes. having a wonderful Gremlins time. Well, now you're getting into spoilers. Well, that's at the very beginning. That's how it <laughs> opens. So, My one critique of that song is it should have been uh, have a wonderful Gremlins 3 because it still would have worked and it would have tied into the movie better because it I suppose is so. the name of the movie. Uh, whereas Wonderful Gremlins time doesn't, you know, grammatically you're, sounds watching, a little bit off. When you're watching Gremlins 3, you're having a wonderful Gremlins time. I, I guess. I did have wonderful Gremlins time. Me too. That is true. If only the karaoke machine worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could have finished the song. Um, <laughs> not to keep getting into it, though, but like that whole thing definitely had like a... um on cinema at the cinema yeah. like oscar night special kind of vibe to it so i was very happy to see tim heidecker's name pop up in the special things yeah this uh well he was in the trailer for gremlins 3 it didn't make the final cut yeah. i guess of the movie but um yeah that whole thing is it's like b- basically an on cinema oscar special but better than the last one and yeah. also free so yes. yeah so better in every way yeah yep uh, yeah, no, I Sonic Colors Ultimate is... Uh, there's not much for me to actually say about the game because it's still just Sonic Colors. They did add some extra stuff in there, but I've not had much time to really dive into all of that. Uh, I, I popped into it, played around in the first world, went, yeah, this is a pretty good remaster. 
I'll finish this some other time because I've already beat this game once this year. Uh, so I'll come back to it in 2020, definitely. Um, like I said, my, my list of remasters is a, is a bit of a... In, in 2020, I'll come back to it. I'm going to time travel <laughs> to 2020 and I'm going to play the remaster before anybody else plays it. This isn't uh, hard to follow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know what I uh, said. I, I will get it uh, when it like, hits 10 bucks. Uh, you know, like Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There's something I wanted to bring up with that last week, and I totally forgot to do it. All right, what is it? Oh, the game fucking sucks so much. So I wanted to get all the platinum trophies, so I'm I'm saying this up front because you don't really have to do this unless you want to get all the platinum trophies. As far as I can tell, it doesn't do anything else for you to go out of your way to accomplish this series of tasks. In the Platinum Trophies, there's trophies for beating each of like the four different types of sub-bosses when they're in hard mode. Uh, hard mode is not unlocked in a menu. You have to go through a cryptic series of actions to unlock hard mode, uh, which is that you need to like defeat a certain number of enemies while you're in a level without getting hit, and then beat the level and you'll get a stamp that says you're now in hard mode. But if at any point you take one hit of damage, you're out of hard mode and then have to grind enemies again to re-enter hard mode. So well, while you're like in game on my list, while you're in hard mode, you then have to go to like one of a certain like chapter and act that the correct mini mini boss will spawn in and then beat him to get the trophy. However, the mini-boss will only spawn in as the hard-mode mini-boss on a probability. So if it doesn't spawn while you're in there, you get to close the entire game and then reopen it from the dash and then go all the way back through the level until you get to the mini-boss and hope it spawns again. Uh, but if you fuck up, then you still have to go back and defeat a certain number of enemies. <laughs> or, if you don't want to back out of the game, you have to do the thing that I mentioned where you have to beat the boss to reset the level. So all this just like adds up to be the most excruciatingly dull experience that I've ever had in a video game for like the last five fucking years. And I can't believe no one at any step during this process was like, no, <laughs> just make this unlock in a menu after you beat the game or something. God, I hate Balan Wonderworld. You still with me? Yeah, that's He's nice. He's clicking over there. Balan Wonderworld. Yeah, they can't hear it. It's fine. Uh, yes. Your number one remaster. My number one remake slash remodel is Near Replicant mm. for something. It's a bunch of numbers. Yeah. Uh, it's a remake of Near, specifically the Japanese version, Near Replicant, not Near gestalt which was the u.s version uh, what's even the difference between the two of them different main character uh the gestalt version has old near uh and uh replicant is the pretty boy near okay yeah. is there anything different about like the story itself or is it just really. plays a different character model uh different character model and the um the girl is like his daughter in the older version and in this one it's his sister but like the main story and everything is the same what was the reason for changing that in the american release did they just figure it would like market better yeah really 
Well, it, both versions came out in Japan. In Japan, a Gestalt came out on 360, and a Replicant was on PS3. Oh, this is so confusing. Uh, but here, it was just Gestalt for both. They just should have put out a game with a girl who has a really big dumper. I just feel that would sell well in both regions. They wouldn't have to change anything about it. Yeah, well, turns out that was uh, the route they would go in the future. Anyway, uh, this is a totally fine remake. This is a good game. Uh, I wish they had changed a bit more. It is like more on the remaster side than remake, which is mm. kind of disappointing. Um, but they did change some stuff. The combat is faster. They've made it so like you can use magic while also using melee attacks like you can in Nier Automata. Um, but it, it's still a lot of fetch quests in here. Uh, did did that game also do the whole like, oh, keep going back into it for like ending A23, yeah. ending B7? Okay. I didn't know if that was just something that they did first in Automata or if it was like also in the original. Well, uh, Aut- Automata actually has like maybe four actual endings. Okay, and then like, like the rest are just joke endings? Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, because it'll be like, you get this fish, and if you look at the description, it says it's poisonous, but you can eat it anyway, and then you get uh... ending F for fish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's stuff like that. Or like, okay. uh, w- when you're on the space station, you can use your self-destruct, and it will blow up the entire space station. That's an ending. It's things like that. That's just like the end of Leprechaun in Space. Yeah, exactly. I gotta blow up the, the space station. self-destructs. <laughs> That's right. You gotta push poor little Warwick Davis out of the cargo hold. <laughs> there are two tiny Warwick Davises, and they both like, they touch this cube together, and then they kiss, and then they explode. <laughs> you have two Warwick Davises inside you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I uh, should... Would I like that game, though? Like, I know you really want me to play Nier Automata, but would I also like Gestalt? No, probably not. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Well, because, like I said, it depends on how much you can get into the vibe of the game, though, because a lot of it is just sort of, like, running around on this field, collecting items. Uh, I'm always looking for new games to hate. That's why I have Bland Wonderworld on my shelf. I I love to collect total garbage. So... The thing about it is there's a point halfway through the game where it does a time jump forward. And so you basically need to get all of this stuff done before you do that. Mm. Uh, And after that, like you can kind of do whatever because after you finish the game, it will go back to that point. Um, But there are some weapons I think you can only get at the beginning. And there might be a way around that. So you don't actually like have to restart the game if you miss one. I don't Mm. remember, but Basically, to get the true final ending, you need to have all the weapons, which is the main thing. You don't need to really 100% the game. You don't have to, like, upgrade everything or anything okay. like that. Um, with um, Nier Automata, it's basically just you play through as 2B, and then you play as 9S, and then you play as a third character. And then that one, the 9S playthrough is basically the same as 2B, but it's faster because, like, you know where you're going, and uh, there's some stuff that changes. But then the third character is entirely new, mm. and they're at the end, like it kind of branches in a couple of ways that you can. Is it change. the lady with the long hair? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, but yes, uh, Nier Automata is not nearly as repetitive as Nier Replicant was. Well, whenever that game hits $14 again, doesn't sell out immediately, I'm sure I will find out for myself. Okay, it doesn't matter because like it hits $10 digitally all the time and you'll just be like, I want a disc. I do, I want a disc. Doesn't matter. I like being able to look at my games on my shelf and feel like I've accomplished something. I've, I've got a product. <laughs> you keep refusing to buy Shadow of the Colossus for PS4. Yeah, even though the disc is like out of print or something weird's going on with it because it's always like 30 or 40 dollars yeah well we've gotten into it before too but just game prices not dropping as low like you were like oh sonic colors 10 bucks hey it's hey, not gonna hit 10 bucks it's gonna hit hey, 15 hey hmm. no death loop is 22 dollars right now fucking god damn it what the fuck far cry is like 25 mine's still sealed i could always yeah you could you could return it but then is it worth it for like 10 bucks? Or no, wait, oh. I think I paid like 25, didn't I? I don't know. I, th- I thought it was on sale Black Friday for like 20. I think it was 30. I think I think Guardians was 25. It doesn't matter. Yeah, who can, whatever. The point is. It's not worth doing all that for a few bucks, but also, god damn it. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> Look, at that. that's the Bethesda guarantee. <laughs> Bethesda <laughs> game is going to tank immediately. I told you this. Oh, God. So the Bethesda guarantee is you're always going to regret it? Great. Yeah. <laughs> no. Great. No, the Bethesda guarantee, well, the Arcane guarantee is it'll be a good game, or at least it used to be. Now I don't uh, Yeah. Maybe, maybe that vampire game will be good. My uh, number one, my number one remake remaster of the year is Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. Mm. Uh, which, of course, it had to be because I've made no bones about this. Nocturne is my favorite game of all time. Uh, so really all they had to do was just say, hey, it's HD now, and it was going to win the number one spot in this list for me. But so. that's stupid. I do not agree with this. You're stupid. <laughs> the, the category is best remake slash remodel, or as you yeah, call it, remaster. No, it's not. It's yeah, it the is. best game of these. I would say that's better than Near Replicant. It's better than Soulstorm and Mass Effect. But that is why the it's remaster one. is not good. Yes, it is. What are you no, talking about? It's totally adequate. Like you, it, it's it, all it needed to be. It runs at 30 FPS. They it's got Matador. It they charge you extra for the DLC. Matador talks now. <laughs> it, that was it. Okay, the voice acting is good. That's a good improvement. But they charge extra for the stuff that was in the PS2 version. Oh, no, they don't. Yes, they Dante? do. Dante? Yeah, yes. whatever. I If I want to play as Dante from Devil May Cry, I can just put in the PS2 disc. Now I got Raido. I'm seeing an element of the game I've never played before. Except yeah. I actually have, because it pretty much just it's the same thing as the Dante thing. It's, <laughs> it's just a, it's they it's a different character. He's got a cat. Yeah. That's basically it. Deja vu. Sure. <laughs> Deja vu, I'm talking about a fucking Shin Megami Tensei game again. Yeah, um, but that cat in Shin Megami Tensei because it hated it so much. <laughs> I like Nocturne a lot. I'm sorry, it's the best one for me for the year. Also, like, on a technicality, again, I only played a little bit of Sonic Colors. I didn't play any of the Yakuza remaster. I haven't played any of these ones that were on your list. I didn't really play much of this sort of game this year. 
I just wanted to do this category because I know that you did and that there were enough remakes and remasters out this year that you could form a list. Yeah. It's the same as every year as it has been for the last like console generation where there's a lot of old shit that they're just putting out again. Which is fine by me. Yes. Like, it's not a knock. I know, like, back at the start of the PlayStation 4, uh, Xbox One era, like, people were knocking this and making fun of this practice a lot. But, like, yeah, it's a little bit shitty if you want to, like, get these games, you have to pay for the same game you already bought. But, like, it's good to have these still being made available rather than just being left to rot on a console that's now obsolete. Right. Like, so. um, that's kind of been the biggest thing about the Xbox backwards compatibility. Cause like yeah. emulation for Xbox is not good. And you have a lot of games that are just like locked into the original yeah. Xbox, like, or, uh, even like Xbox 360. And there were games that only came out on that and nowhere else, not even PC, like the yeah. darkness. And so having that available now on a modern console is great. Yeah. So. Although at least like the 360 emulation does seem to be approving. At least yeah, it held yeah. a lot faster than play than PlayStation Three emulation. It's improving better than original Xbox emulation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, now I, you know, Nocturne was something that I before they even announced this remaster was a game that I was really wanting to kind of get back to and give another shot. And so I was glad that they ended up putting this out. And it's for me at least the the definitive way to play that game. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, if they did an HD version of Persona Three, I would be all over it. But that's not going to happen. Do that. You'll take Ultimax and you'll smile and be happy about it. <laughs> you cretin. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great that I've watched enough like Catherine. SMT and Persona like fan channels that I keep getting recommendations for them. And like every month there's like a different rotation of five videos that are just like new rumor about Persona 3 remaster. It's real this time, guys. And like these videos have been coming out for the last five fucking months good times <laughs> just i really would like it if they put out a remaster of that game but not so confident uh, but yeah it's it's my number one mostly just because again favorite game of all time and it's now the the definitive way for me to play that game so it's number one next awards category what do we got uh i'll let you start this one because i started the Okay. Remaster one. This, uh, best, this is best new character. Best new character is Desmond the Gremlin from Gremlins 3 Dawn of Desmond. <laughs> it's not a video game. Yet. Preemptively awarding it to future video game character Desmond the Gremlin. I, I did not put anything down for my best new characters list help. <laughs> <laughs> we took before starting this specifically to make a best new character i was drinking an os and that requires my full concentration <sighs> number three is heisenberg from resident evil Lake because i like the way he talks yeah me too he's great ethan winters have to do something about that bitch miranda we both want the same thing Revenge against Miranda. <laughs> oh, this voice actor is so good. Yeah, just a weird Nick Cage voice. Yeah. No, He's I, also I, got Magneto powers. He does. Uh, I, and also his boss fight was apparently plagiarized from another video game. I don't okay. know if you heard any of that stuff. Oh, no, that that was like 
No, it wasn't. That's okay. somebody trying to get money out of Capcom. I just, I sort of heard about it, like, in the periphery. I didn't really do much reading on it, so. It was, like, somebody else that also ripped off Tetsuo the Iron Man was like, hey, you ripped me off. And Capcom would be like, dude, shut up. You ripped off my ripoff. Yeah, basically. How dare you? Yeah, no, that's also part of why I really like that segment of the game, is it is it, it has heavy Tetsuo 2 vibes to it, which is my favorite of the Tetsuo movies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the, the line hammer. delivery. Yeah. Man, Body Hammer is a good looking movie. Heisenberg um, has a hammer. He does. And he has a body. Well, maybe. Yeah. Well, not at the end. No. <laughs> I mean, it's still sort of a body. It's a little bit more so. amorphous, but yeah, no, I the the line delivery that that guy gives is is great. I think Heisenberg would have been a much more boringer character if it were voiced by anybody else. Uh, but yeah. the way that he delivers those lines makes him like instantly memorable. Yeah. Like him a lot. Who's your number three? My number three is Heisenberg from Resident <laughs> Evil 8. The baby monster from Resident Evil. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not really. How Although can I, you do this to me? You I bastard. I should have done that. <laughs> My number three is Helmet Full Bear from Psychonauts 2. Mm. Uh, it is a, a big gay Viking man. Uh, and his level is one of the best in the game. And a cutscene related to it. And that's basically all I want to say about it until mm. like, people have played the game more, maybe. Uh, because I don't want to spoil like what actually happens in there, but it's well, I regret good. To... I regret to inform you, it's a double fine game, so nobody will be playing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it okay, is, though. It is unfortunately maybe a good thing that they got bought up by Microsoft, because I'm it, not so sure they would be in business otherwise. It absolutely is, is the yeah. sad thing. Yep. Uh, because looking at sales numbers of that game... Yeah. I mean, it's on Game Pass, so it's like probably part of it, but sti- even still, it was not going to sell well. Look, I didn't buy it. I'm part of the problem. We yeah, just have to accept well, that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if I either had a PC that I was confident could run it or I had an Xbox, I probably would. But yeah. unfortunately, I do not. Uh, also, plus not really liking the first Psychonauts, which is, is maybe a bit blasphemous. Did you play the first one? I did, yeah. yeah. We've talked I about did. this before. I, I kind of just got to a certain point. It was just like the, the platforming in the game just didn't really feel good to me. No, it like, doesn't. I I like all the stuff that it's doing with its aesthetics and its its characters and its story, but at the part where I actually have to play, it just felt kind of cumbersome and just not very fun. So I just yep. eventually fell off of it. Yep, because I started to play it before I played two, yeah. and I did not get very far in it before. I was like, eh, I, I'm good. I think you were telling me like two plays a whole lot better though, right? Yeah, yeah. a lot. Well, that's good, because then I probably would like that. If it fixes that one thing that I didn't like about the first, I probably would One weird that. thing about Psychonauts. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is what Ford Crawler doesn't want you to know. Brad uh, Mirror hates it. <laughs> I don't think Brad Mirror's at Double Fine anymore. Also, Brad Muir is incapable of hating anything. That's true. He's you've, you've seen him in all soy the... Boy. Yeah, you've seen him in all the beta cuck boy images. Uh-huh. He's having a blast. Uh, who's your number two best new character? Um, hmm. 
I'm trying to do a mental. Oh, by the way, Helmet Fulbert is voiced by Ble- uh, Jack Black, who oh. does not sound anything like Jack Black normally does. I don't know if they like put a weird filter on him or something, but it <laughs> does not sound like Jack Black. Oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, what other games have I? Uh, well, Blan from Blan uh, Wonderful, because <laughs> at the end of the game, he takes he is, off his mask his and. A, yeah, well, what if I told you the hat and his face were actually part of an elaborate disguise and that actually he's a femboy? The worst, most horrifying part of Bland Wonderworld is at the end of the game where he takes the mask off and you're like, oh no, femboy, and you get really fucking confused. So, it's like the end of that Alice in Wonderland movie where the Mad Hatter does that freaky dance. Yeah, actually, yeah, kind of. Right. It's like, what the goddamn fuck is going on here? Why do I find Balan hot? This isn't. No, this is bad. Balan's doing the Flargan style. I don't know how to feel about this. Computer, give me a printout of Balan smiling. Generate a new Balan. Larry Davis is calling. Tell him I've got important work to do. My number two best new character. Oh, we're just moving on for that, so I guess it is my number two now. Fuck. Yep. My number two best new character is. You could at least like pick that weird like corn farmer guy or whatever. Oh, you mean the dude from the Monsanto ad that pops up in the middle of the game? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, number two is the handler from Cruelty Squad. Is a weird little lump. He looks like Chet from Weird Science, and he gives you your mission, and he curses at you and tells you. How much you messed up and people are coming to kill you. I mean, that's how I manage my people. Yeah. He's a, yeah. he's got a little hat on too. Yeah. I regret that I do not have Cruelty Squad in any of my lists. I kind of forgot about Cruelty Squad when mm. I was putting this together. But also like I played very little of Cruelty Squad. Yeah. Because it made me want to vomit. play more. You gotta get deep into you gotta get to the police headquarters that is also a haunted castle. Oh, just with, like Resident with, Evil. Yeah, with, but also they're like bouncy castle rooms in there, and also <laughs> enemies that are, fun. they're like sentient. Alright, you remember the thing Daffy Duck turned into in Duck Amuck, where he like has the flower for a head, but he's on all fours and like the screwball. Oh, flag? yeah. It's yeah. basically those. Those things are oh, in there man. attack you. Also, they're like the uh, controllers from uh, Stalker. Basically, those were like if you see them, the camera like zooms in on them and like. Cruelty mm. Squad's really good. Yeah, it is. There was some weird looking game on like uh, I don't know if you've ever browsed the like new releases thing for PlayStation Plus, not PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Store. Uh, but there's a lot of like really cheap like fifty cent crap in there. Oh yeah. There was one game in there that kind of looked like ugly in a Cruelty Squad sort of way, but I'm pretty sure it's actually just a bad game. And I kept yeah. flirting with the idea of just coughing up the dollar and living with that like purchase. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that what I was should. It called? I can't remember? remember the name of it. Well, then you're no help to me. <sighs> Maybe after this, I just buy it and I talk about it next week on the podcast. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a, it's a buck. That's like half the cost of a can of NOS. Like, I, what is that to me? It's nothing. Uh, my number one is, I think, also your number one, uh, which is Lady D from Resident Evil 8. 
That's right, Lady Domatresk. She's a bit. She's a big girl. Yeah, she's very large. She picks you up. Yeah, I like it when she picks me up. But I want her to throw me like a like a Chester drawer just across the room, just like smash me against <laughs> a Chester drawer. A Chester drawer? Yeah, it's the name of a type of drawer. It's a chest of drawers. No, it's a Chester drawer. <laughs> That's how we used to say it in Oregon. <laughs> oh, okay. They, they do things differently in Oregon. That's right. They smoke a lot of weed and they ride their bikes buck-ass naked because it rains all the fucking time and it screws with people's brains. Well, that's cool. Yeah, no, Oregon is uh, great if you're a total weird-ass. You're just a complete fucking freak. Go to I mean, Oregon. You are. Uh, that's because I came from Oregon. Mm. Yeah. No, I I like her. Speaking about like just really good performances, and like if anybody else were doing that character, I don't think it would have landed quite as well. I mean, it still probably would because like internet loves big yeah, vampire. I, I was gonna lady. say like it, it still would have been fine because she's yeah. still like a large vampire lady. Yeah, but that performance also is just extremely good. Like that yeah. voice actress is terrific. Yep. Um, I would like to see more of her in video games. I don't think I've ever like been able to pick up her voice like in anything else. I don't. I think this know. is like the first major thing she did. I, I think. think so because she. I remember her saying like she didn't know what it was for when she was yeah. doing it. They just, said, just like, like a new Capcom project or something. Yeah, play big vampire lady. Oh, okay, I can do that. Uh, no, it's great. I, I like seeing the behind-the-scenes footage of her, too, doing, like, the mocap and everything. Yeah. Just getting really into it. Like, it's, like the it's... part where she, like, throws the cabinet yeah. or whatever. I, the it chester is... drawer. <laughs> it is terrible that I'm actually, like, blanking on the name of the actress, like, while talking up how good she is. Oh, I don't remember. But I, I really would like to see her in more things. Like, not just video games. I think that she's also a good physical actor, too, so because, like, again, those those background... Like, look, Meredith something, maybe? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, because the way they do stuff now, where everything is mo-capped and like yeah. the facial capture and stuff, like that's very important. Uh, yeah. I'll which also, probably... like, they get really good results from it. Like, look at Devil May Cry Five. Yeah. No, we've we've talked about these two points I want to make. We've talked about before, but that that Resident Evil engine, they're getting a lot of mileage out of it. It's really oh, yeah. good. Yep. And also, just like the advancements made in mocap, especially in regards to like face animations, is it's been so good that whenever I go back to anything that just like barely predates it, like the early Uncharted games, it just feels so fucking off to me now. Oh yeah, or like, even just... early face cap like uh, L.A. Noir, like the yeah. stuff now in real time looks better than that. Yeah, I remember when L.A. Noir came out and was like this really big deal. Like, oh man, the, the face capture stuff and this is fucking crazy. It's I like mean, real it, life. It was like the first one to do it, really. Yeah, and now I look back at it like I look at the Polar Express where it's just a <laughs> fucking nightmare comedy. Polar Express always looked bad, though. It did, but like now L.A. Noir has been kind of like lowered to that level just by the fact that by comparison where facial animation has gone since then has been so much better sure. that now L.A. Noir has this weird, uncanny valley uh, quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, d- d- sort of getting away from, from the topic, but I, I think that Lady D is a great character, and of course she is written out of that game very early. <laughs> so, well, yeah, like just the structure of that game, you know? You know. Here's the segment, here's the enemy of this segment, you kill them, you yeah. move on to the next one. Like, yeah. 
makes sense. Yeah. Like that's that's what I figured it was going to be to begin with. I still don't know why people were so blindsided by this. You see like four or five villains yeah. in a game, and you think one's going to stick around the entire time. Come on. Think you're going to see every member of Fox Sound until the end of the game? <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's not a fair comparison because you do see more of the members of Fox Sound throughout the entire story of Metal Gear Solid than you do the characters in Resident Evil 8. Sniper, uh... War- Sniper Wolf has a very long extended segment where you fight against her twice. Vulcan Raven shows up again at the end of the game. Yeah. Ocelot is hanging so. out like all the time. He's just best buds with his best friend's son. Like, mm-hmm. You know, they're all having a good time. Psycho Manus is the only one that you get like a little bit of, and then he's gone. Yeah, Johnny Sazaki's there. He's pooping his pants. <laughs> the ultimate villain of Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> he's the last member of the Foxhound team. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about the DK rap, but it's all the members of Foxhound. <laughs> Vulcan Ravens cannon can fire in spurts if he shoots you. It's gonna hurt. They do the little dancing thing, but then Johnny Sasaki holds his butt and he's gotta run away. It writes itself. Yeah. It writes itself. Get me on the blower with Hideo Kojima. I got something to pitch him. I'm gonna win a game award for this and then casually walk off the side of a building. (laughs) (laughs) Reference for you for next week. Game of the year. The the golden gizmos. This is for all the marbles. Here we go. Let's see how different our lists are. Uh, we haven't run. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be uh, okay. <laughs> sure, they'll be. So I'll say it up front. They're probably going to be pretty different because you and I generally play a different swath of games. You're yes. a Game Pass man, born and raised. <laughs> well, I I play everything. I'm a Game Fly yeah. man more than anything, really. Sure, sure. I'm the kind of guy who's still like, I'm old. First of all. So I come from a point in time where you either went to the Blockbuster to rent your video games or the Redbox, and those don't exist anymore, so I, I just buy I everything. Too. Yeah. Well, look, I'm not a sign- subscription service. It's... No. Anyway, I... Games that I play are games that I, I buy outright, unless it's something that came out on PS Plus, which there wasn't really anything this year that like landed with me that I played on PS Plus, which is why I don't subscribe to PS Plus anymore. Uh, So we'll probably have a different selection of games. But if we do have one that is the same on each other's list, we'll just talk about that game that one time. Okay. So you're number five. My number five is The Forgotten City. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, This is the one I've I've talked about this. It's the time loop game where you're an explorer. You go back to like an underground ancient Rome city. You have to find out how to get out of the loop and what's going on. Mm. Uh, And it's very good from a small team. uh, This was originally a Skyrim mod that they turned into a full game. Yeah. See, now you remember. Yeah. Uh, God, I must be in a time loop because I feel like I've had this conversation before. Yeah. But it's a, it's a smaller scale game. It takes a few hours to beat probably. Um, Mm. It's mostly dialogue-based, more of an adventure game than anything else. There is some slight combat in it, uh, which actually is not necessary. You can skip it if you want. Um, But uh, I liked it quite a bit. I felt it was the fifth best game of this year, in fact. (laughs) Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, It does sound like an interesting game, although like the part where I kind of get 
like also it's up. cheaper i think it's like 30 bucks like retail mm-hmm. so i go. think the part where i get sold off of it though is uh it being a skyrim mod it's not a skyrim mod well it started its life as a skyrim mod the, the yeah, point so. is the, the point is bringing up skyrim along with it just i have so many negative connotations with skyrim no well, the point here to... though was that it was originally like some weird like homemade thing yeah and now it's like this is an actual game with like lots of voice acting and like it looks like a real thing it's mm-hmm. it's more like it's not this is like skyrim it's more like look how far it's come from being mm-hmm. a skyrim mod okay i i also haven't seen any footage of it so i in my brain i think i've still kind of made it seem like it would look like skyrim and control like skyrim well i mean it's a first person game like you just run around and talk to people but I guess the only sort of Skyrim type thing would be when you talk to people, it kind of does like the zoom on their face or whatever. Oh, but... well, that's the one thing that I will want from Skyrim. So that's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's good. It has a lot of good characters. It's got a bunch of real freaks that you can manipulate into doing what you want. It's got Galerius. He's a nice boy who will do whatever you say as soon as you come out of the portal because he believes in you that much, I guess. Uh, and he's the mechanic to bypass the tedium of a time loop game, uh, which I mentioned last week when talking about 12 minutes. Uh, you just come out of the portal and you're like, hey, you, you need to tell this person to do this and bring this to this other person. And he's like, uh, OK, you look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> we'll go and do it. I didn't like speaking of freaks in skyrim wasn't there that guy who did skyrim in real life didn't he like fucking murder somebody i don't know wasn't that like a thing that happened i'm trying to look this up right now you remember the skyrim in real life videos right no in real life i'm sorry i'm googling this real quick oh here you are Um, clicking around (laughs) that's right i yes okay it happened so this guy, he basically, like, he would do these videos first person, like, the person with the camera is doing it all first person and interacting with him as, like, an NPC. And the way that he moves and everything has this very, like, that era of video game kind of quality to it. Like, he's very good at mimicking it. Hold on a second. Are you saying the person with the camera is doing it first person? It's, like, the cameraman is your point of view in it. It's not what? that you're... I'm getting lost in the weeds on this because I'm also like trying to read the article at the same time because, yes, he is charged with murdering his wife and her friend. Well, okay. Fusro da. (laughs) You can't Fusro da your wife. That'll kill her. No, she's fine. Uh, Also stalking and domestic violence charges. Jesus Christ. I thought I had heard about this and then I totally forgot about it until you like started talking about this game. Then I was like, wait a minute. Wasn't there like some weird thing with this murderer in Skyrim recently? Anyway, The Forgotten City is not made by Bethesda or Todd Howard. Uh, <laughs> it, it has no well, actual probably good thing. similarities to Skyrim other than being in first person. Mm. Uh, it's very good. Check it out. Yeah. The Forgotten City. Find the uh, mystery of The Forgotten City. My number five is also a fairly a smaller experience a game i think that not a lot of people have probably like sought out let alone played this year uh it is metroid dread uh, which of course was horribly damaged by piracy and uh there will (laughs) never be another metroid ever again of course yeah 
I liked Metroid Dread a whole lot. Yeah, I it, did too. it turns out that when you tried to make a game for like 13 years, you might actually like walk away with a few good ideas, like through trial and error. Sure, just like Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, never mind. I take it back. That was a bad <laughs> yeah, opinion that I, I didn't don't share. Think this is like the the sort of exception to the yeah. usual rule, which is that if something's in development that long, it's going to be bad. Sure. Well, it's it's all the talent that is behind it too, though. Like I think when you give them that length of time to work on a game, they're going to know what to drop and what to like keep pushing. Sure. So I I think that maybe it benefited from the amount of like time and planning that they had with it. Uh, I just hope it doesn't take another like 13, 15 years to put out a fucking Metroid game. But it probably will because it's. Metroid. I don't think so. This one sold so well that I feel like I if hope. anything, they're going to crap out another one and it will be bad. And then they'll oh. be like, oh no, we're putting Metroid on ice again. And then we're yeah. going to have to wait 26 years until Nick Let's Go makes the new <laughs> Metroid. <laughs> I don't know. Now I kind of want that. <laughs> that sounds way <laughs> better be to me. Good. Yeah. No, it's, I think I was uh, a bit dismissive of it initially, just kind of going like, oh, this looks like a 3DS game because it basically was, uh, or a DS yep. game rather, but like. No, 3DS. It's a good 3DS game, though, is the thing. Like, it's a whole yep. lot of fun to play. Uh, I, I liked this a lot. Uh, I don't know what I can really add to it that I haven't already talked about on the podcast already. I just think it feels really good. It's very intuitive about where you need to go next. Uh, I think the only reason this maybe didn't beat out some other games on my list is some of the boss encounters get excessively repetitive, especially yeah. towards the end of the game. Yep. Um, and that final boss fight just kind of drags for me. I think it goes on a lot longer than it really ought to. Um, yeah, it kind of falls in the Metroid trap of the boss yeah. just being like a missile sink, kind of. Yeah, yeah, a bit too much of that. But I, I do think that overall it's probably one of the best. I mean, not probably, it's definitely one of the best Metroid games to come out in a very long time. And at the end uh, you get the Gremlin suit. That's right. <laughs> you become Desmond. You become <laughs> yeah, a Mooku. finally. Well, Samus, you are, your DNA is 100% Mooku. <laughs> She's a gremlin. Samus's gremlin chozo hybrid ass. <laughs> Samus's mom is Jennifer Aniston. Yep. Yeah, and her dad's a weird bird. Yeah, she flew in from Gremlin Nation. <laughs> the brain gremlin is your AI that's talking to you the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be really good. Um, I, you know what actually would be great is a search action gremlins game where you play as gizmo yeah and you're like you're going going around clamp tower but it's structured like a metroid game yeah you like go around it's like oh this is where you get uh, the bow and arrow exactly you and then eventually you upgrade that to have fire yeah you you got the bandana and it's like a huge health increase or something like that or like now gizmo has shields because the bandanas have given him confidence Mm mm-hmm watch rambo to get experience points <laughs> find the car to move faster that, that's like his dash basically you know like the yeah like oh, that'd be good. blocks yeah get nick lesko on the phone because clearly Steven... <laughs> is he yeah. matthew lesko's son i'm sorry what's his last name i'm having a fucking brain aneurysm okay nick lesko get him on the phone because <laughs> no, I... <laughs> let's let's go not let's go <laughs> Get Nick Lunko on the phone. I've got a game to pitch on. Oh, no, not Lunko. Everyone's favorite. He should have been the best new character. 
Best old character of the year is Lunko from The Ring. (laughs) The Ring for Dreamcast. He's a fucking narc, but he's a weird-looking narc. Oh, man. Um, He should have been worst character, actually, because he does just show up to tell you, like, you're not allowed here. You can't have fun. But But still, every time we saw him, we were happy. Yeah. Games be kind of weird like that. Um, yeah, I like Metro Dread. It's pretty good. All right, great. Number five. Did it make yours at all? No. My number four is Cruelty Squad, a game much better than Metroid Dread. Uh, that's fair. Uh, is an absolute nightmare. Uh, try looking at for too long will make your eyes hurt and your brain hurt. Hell yes. Your heart hurt. Yeah. Uh, but everything about it, it's a great, it's basically an immersive sim slash hitman type game uh, where you are navigating through these horrible eye scarring worlds uh, and, and you learn a little bit about yourself in the process. I learned that uh, I still have violent motion sickness from certain kinds of video games. <laughs> yeah. Everything about Cruelty Squad, though, is like the controls are so weird like to reload you hold down right click and move the mouse down to reload your gun you've got there are secrets in the game that you can only all right so the difficulty is like a souls game kind of where you die and then the difficulty goes down you die a few more times difficulty goes down again and mm-hmm. changes the mechanics. It changes the way the world looks. It yeah. uh, some doors only open on certain difficulties. We found this out through trial uh, during our stream of Cruelty Squad, which you can watch when on our you YouTube channel. It. Yeah, when I played it and I was <laughs> yeah. dying all the time. Uh, so you can see this mechanic unfold in real time by checking out that video. I would recommend yeah. it. Um, and uh, it has just so much stuff. It like. There are secrets you can only see if you have your game resolution set to 640 by 480. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I don't think I was aware of that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Like specifically, the, the door um, to raise your difficulty level back up, if you get to the lowest one, mm. uh, it, that door you can see if you set your resolution to that you know I, that also it's not just kind of out of nowhere there is a character in the game who says like the the god resolution is 640 by 480 or something. <laughs> it's pretty good um, i really would like to come back to that game but it does like actually physically hurt me yeah <laughs> like it is well, very difficult flesh to car at. and then everything goes south yeah which is something that we did not do on the stream because i was not aware that i could actually get into the car it just like didn't occur to me to even try that out yeah um but yeah like i i would like to get back to this thing just because i i see you talk about it a lot on twitter and uh also haro kid friend of the show although not really i don't think he listens to this but friend of ours uh talks about this game quite a bit too and every time i see pictures of it or i hear about it, it's a weird mechanics it sounds very interesting to me. it's the cruelty squad has uh a stock market it has an organ market as well the stock market uh <laughs> There's a certain point in the game where you do a thing which makes a one stock crash and another one start going up. Uh, mm. It's the GameStop stock, basically. I don't remember what they call it in the game, but it's like game market or something. And mm. it will just go up infinitely until you complete like a certain other level that will then make it crash. 
and so you can kind of just let the game idle for a while and get infinite money that way. Just like the real uh, stock market. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. Uh, Accurate simulation. There's fishing in the game. Uh, Every good game has an optional fishing minigame. Yeah. Like you, you start in a level, you turn around, there's like an like a Master Roshi island. Uh, oh, man. Or maybe it's kind of like that island um, in GoldenEye in the dam. Uh, but you swim all the way over there, and there's just a fishing rod in there, and then complete the level, and you'll have the fishing rod with you and, and go fish. Yeah. That level is also like is like semi based on the Bass Pro Shop pyramid, uh, <laughs> except you can like shoot all these monster ladies in there that explode into gas. I love the Bass Pro Shop pyramid because every time I see it, my brain just tries to tell me, "Oh, you're looking at the Luxor right now. Yeah. That's the Luxor from Las Vegas." It's definitely not because it's got a bunch of weird dumbass shit on the side of it. I feel like they should have had a level based on the Nebraska airport. Oh, you know yes. what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, I'm pretending like I do for the sake of a <laughs> listenable podcast. I think, I think it's Nebraska. There, there's like an airport that's just like weird, like has a bunch of Illuminati symbols and stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um. I don't think it's Nebraska. I'm blanking on where it is too, but yes, I do know what that one is because it's. Okay. Uh, what Jesse, the mind Ventura, is always ranting about. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think actually that's my first exposure to it was people like on Comedy Bang Bang doing the Jesse Ventura character and talking about that. Oh, okay. Um, Jesse yeah. Ventura's number one game of 2021, <laughs> Cruelty Squad. You do such a good Jesse Ventura impression. I'm proud yeah, of no, you. That was not good. It was good. It's better than it I could a few do. words to get into it, too. <laughs> it's way better than I could do. So, well, yeah, I don't doubt that. <laughs> My number four is Shin Megami Tensei Five. Oh, it's the fifth oh, one of these games. Yeah, no, I'm not putting three in this list because that did not. It's a, not a brand new game for 2021. That, Otherwise, that doesn't anymore. matter. Well, shit, you could still put it in there. Well, now I got to read. Goodbye. Get fucked, Metroid Dread. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei Five is now number five. <laughs> No, look, I made the list. I got to live with it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's right to put games that are remakes in the like. This is the best new game of the year. Even though I'm positive, I probably did it last year with Demon Souls. Yeah, I, I probably did it with. I. To be fair, last year was like even more barren for games, and I think we kind of had to. I don't think so. I think last year was better. I. I think. I think it was worse, but I don't know. I'm just going off a vague feeling. Anyway, SMT5. Look, I've talked about this a lot over the last few weeks. There is no need for me to really get into it again. If you're listening to this episode of the podcast, you probably have already listened to the other ones. I like it a lot. It's got some very serious... I do. It's got some very serious flaws, though, and I feel that these flaws should put it lower than Metroid Dread, but my affinity for SMT outweighs my affinity for Metroid and that is why it is number four. Okay. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, that's all you have to say about that. That's right. All right. Uh, my number three is Resident Evil Village. Mm, that's Remember also that? my number three. All right. Yeah. We're simpatico on this simpatico. one. We like the same giant vampires and everything. Like it's yeah, we, crazy. we love the fetus baby that like chases you around. That's no, that's incorrect. That's what stopped this game, game from being higher on my list was it has a baby in it. <laughs> Sorry, hands are tied. 
Worst uh, new baby of the year, the giant fetus baby from Resident Evil 8. Yeah. But so, yes, uh, notably, as I'd said, uh, I did not play Resident Evil 7 for quite a while. Um, yeah, you were too scared of it. Yeah. I am yeah. because I don't like like first person horror games, and the so biggest like, oh, this baby is, is Larry. Too, this is going to be too scary. It turns out, no, it's not. No, the scariest parts of that game are like all front loaded, like that first yeah, part yeah. of going into the house and having to deal with Mia and her freaking out on you. Like that's the most frightening part of Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, um, maybe some of the stuff with Jack, but I feel the stuff with Jack is also kind of undercut by him being a fucking goofball <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. The only maybe part with that would be um, when he like comes out of that door and grabs you or something. It, yeah. It's a pretty good spook. I, I, but... I like him walking through that wall, but then he's also just like, Daddy's home, boy! <laughs> yeah. Or the, the best part where he gets into your fucking car and he's just doing donuts. Yeah, doing donuts. <laughs> but also, like, the bit that I didn't even know was in the game until, like, way after where, like, he cuts your leg off and yeah. then he just, like, gives you a med kit and just, like, Makes watches you. Makes you it. Yeah. And then, of course, the whole, like, chainsaw sword fight and referencing, like, you know, Army of Darkness during uh-huh. that. Like, God, Resident Evil 7 is such a good fucking video game. It is. But that's also like a, a similar comparison to Resident Evil 8, where I, I feel the best character in that game is shoved into one of the early segments of it, and you get to enjoy their bit, and then you move on from that. Yeah. Like him and Lady D, the best two new Resident Evil characters in a very long time. Wait, who's him? Who are you talking Jack. about? Jack. Oh, oh, okay. Jack. All right. I see yeah. what you mean. I. Yeah. yeah, at least like Jack keeps coming back throughout seven though uh yeah kinda he does show up as that like boss later it's on not kinda he does yeah, it's a little well like he only he's comes there at the end he turns into bit. that big thing too. oh i forgot i forgot about yeah you talk to ghost jack and then it turns out he's actually like a cool guy who yeah a misunderstood soul in well, a way that, and i mean when he's like the big monster thing yeah. like in that shack oh his son is a real dickhead though oh yeah yeah he was in on it yeah. Anyway, look, we could talk about Resident Evil 7 for a while, but we need to talk about Resident Evil 8. Resident Evil 8, also very what? good. It's more 7, which is all it needed to be. Kind of. Although yeah. it does like lean more into the Resident Evil 4 type stuff. Like, you know, yeah. There's a shopkeeper, you can upgrade your weapons, all of that. And sh- shoot this hog. Get the special hog meat. Trade it to him to upgrade your health. The Baron just being like, ah, you shoot hog. <laughs> You shoot hog. Me make food. <laughs> oh, I forgot that there's a whole cooking mechanic in it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you keep going back to that kind of hub area, uh, which isn't really a thing that exists in seven. Seven tends to be more linear, I guess. Yeah, you you kind of go you, back to the house and things branch off from there. You do, but like very briefly it's much more of a focal point in eight that you're constantly going back to that main kind of central area and it's like dark souls 2 of that. yeah or like yeah, uh mario, like 60, mario 64 and just jumps into this painting and now he's in a castle of domestic you <laughs> then winter is going wahoo <laughs> yippee <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of a way that Ethan Winters could hurt his hands horribly in Mario 64, and I'm just coming up blank. <laughs> chain chomp. Yes, yes. <laughs> he just sticks his hands inside of a chain chomp. Yep. <laughs> his hands are fucking cut off. That's uh, fine. 
They just mash them back together. Uh-huh. Pour a little oh. of this juice on it, it's fine. Yeah, Ethan putting the wrong hand onto the wrong wrist. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I gotta stick my hands in that chain chomp again, so I can get them <laughs> off and put them on right. Uh, I don't know, do we get into spoilers at all for the end of Resident Evil 8? Or is it still too soon? Okay, uh, It's been long enough, that was like at the beginning of the yeah. It is a bummer that they kill off Ethan Winters, because I like him a lot as a protagonist, especially a fairly faceless protagonist. Yeah. Like, he's a dumb, dumb boy. He's a <laughs> stupid lad, and I love him a whole lot. He, he's almost like a Die Hard 1 John McClane, though. Yes. Where, where he's like, yeah. Except kind of worse, because he's not even good at the quips. Like, he doesn't have, like, a, yeah. a this is what TV dinner feels like or something. It's It's just like... Ah, oh, bugs again. I'm sick of bugs or whatever. It was. <laughs> oh, that was it. I'm sick of bugs. Or like, oh, come on. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Resident Evil 2 remake Leon. When he's yeah. shooting zombies. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, god damn it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Ah, oh, damn, fuck. Ah, oh, god damn it. Ah, oh, dang it. Um, I, yeah, no, I think that's a good comparison because, like, John McClane is much more hardened, Ethan Winter is a, is a lot more green behind the ears, even by the time of Resident Evil 8, he still seems like, you know, he hasn't seen much combat, even though that's definitely not true. Well, no, um, like, Chris has been training him, like, you see the way he reloads that pistol. He knows yeah, he's but, but he's still, like, he has this certain air of innocence about him still, despite yeah, everything yeah. that's happened, and I, I think that's part of what contributes towards his his good boy idiot charm yeah um but yeah i'm mostly just there for the amount of times that he disfigures himself i think it's funny it is he tries to open a door and just gets his hand chopped off and it's like ah god damn it <laughs> yeah run around for a while and pick this hand up and add it to my inventory uh-huh <laughs> that is a pretty good bit too where you have you good ever watched back. that scene in the japanese version of the game no well so they can't show severed limbs in japan right so it's just that, like, it scratches him, even though I think that the model of the claw still goes through his hand. Yeah, probably. But he just, like, pulls it back and holds onto it, and it's just like, ooh, ooh, owie, 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 and then <laughs> just kind of runs around. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I remember looking at um, comparisons of the Resident Evil 2 remake between, like, the Japanese and the international version. Oh, yeah, that the dude with were, his jaw. Yep, that's what I was thinking of. It's so weird, though, that, like, I mean, good for them that they put that much effort into the really gross effects that won't even be seen in Japan. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's probably that studio wanting to do it, you know, yeah. like as someone who draws a lot of gore, there is a weird sick appeal to like how far you could push an image. It's mm. like, oh, I can make this look real gross because the only thing that's limiting me is my f- fucked up imagination. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a difference between drawing gore. Or, or probably crafting it in a character model than there is like actually looking up gore and getting really disturbed by it. So I, I, if you I make a character model, you probably have to. You, you probably, I mean, when I have to draw was, some of that stuff, I have to look up pictures of it too, which is not great. There's um, also like that whole thing with um, Mortal Kombat. Sure. Naughty dog. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty dog. Yeah, I remember when uh, Joel's like jaw was hanging off that time. Uh no, I, I do wonder, though, if there is just kind of an appeal to them. Like, they're making a horror game. Maybe they really want to push the boundaries there and see what they can do that is gross and unnerving to people. But they are hamstrung by what they can do in Japan. 
uh, but they know they have an audience somewhere else where they can push things a little bit further. There I was going to say, I, I think it's mostly they know that Resident Evil is also incredibly popular here. Yeah. Either way, I'm glad that we get like the really good growth stuff in our version of Resident Evil. That that yeah. scene where Leon pushes the head back does not read better in the Japanese version. No. It's still like the same level of shock, but it's just like he's kind of poking the head back. Yeah. And looks regular, and he's still just like, oh, oh, gross, oh, I'm going to hurl. Oh, my tummy. Uh, All right, my number two. So my number two and number one were basically neck and neck. Mm -hmm. However, I had to make an executive decision starring Steven Seagal. I feel like I'm just about to be very disappointed in you. No, because... My number two is Hitman 3. I'm disappointed in you. And I had to make it number two because as good as Hitman 3 is, it's still Hitman. It's basically the same as like Hitman 2 and Hitman 1. They're new levels. It's been refined. But it's still basically an iteration on what they've already been doing, which is still great. I'm, it doesn't play on a podcast, but I've been shaking my head for the last minute and a half. Well, too bad. I can't believe you would do this. I can't believe you would put Hitman 3 as number two. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah it's more Hitman is the thing. That's why it's number two. That's why it should be number one, bitch. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you anyway. change your goddamn list right now. <laughs> no. Uh, I am very glad they are just, I guess doing an expansion for hitman 3 they're not doing hitman 4 they're just going to like cure new maps which is fine it's basically what hitman 3 is again it's just like a map expansion for you have that whole knives out level in hitman 3 which i think is like the thing that puts that above number one and two for me that level is fantastic like that is easily the best level in the entire trilogy Mm. i think it is I like the racetrack level. That's another really good one. Yeah, um, yeah. Even though I, I feel that that is also the level I'm perhaps the worst at. Uh, but I that... Mean, really, I think Paris is probably the single best one. Paris is really good too. But that, that Knives Out level, like the sheer amount of variances in it is staggering. Like I, sure, I know that's kind of... cool little hidden yeah. passages and stuff. I know that's Hitman's entire thing, that there are so many different ways you can go about taking out your target whether it's stuff that the game kind of anticipates and sort of structures itself around or if it's just on the fly you're coming up with some way that the developers hadn't really considered yeah Uh, but like that knives out one just has like the most to the point where you could probably blow that up into a bigger more fully realized like singular experience probably um i like that level uh where you are like trying to find the spies and yes. kill them that one's yeah. really good uh chong king is a cool level though i don't like that you kind of always have to do the destroy the yeah. virus thing or whatever i guess it's not a virus. what is it it's like a data thing you're destroying it, down there yeah it's a it's some sort of server thing uh that i think has like the names of all like the different contacts for the organization or something yeah. like that like because you're pulling so- that data out and then also destroying it Right, it's basically the same problem the Sapienza level had, where you always would have to go destroy the virus there, and there's really one way to do it. Yeah, that's annoying. Well, also that level was like consistently bugged for me too, where there was never any way to get out of there without like getting into a gunfight. Hmm. Because like the AI, 
No, it, it was, again, the AI scripting routine visibly fucked up because it would just be dudes, like, running into a room, turning around, running out of the room, turning around, running into the room, and, like, constantly going in a loop. Yeah. And, like, they would all just get stuck and kind of congregate in the same area, and it was like, oh, this is, like, the one way out of here, and because the AI is fucked, like, I have to just start shooting people. Well, so. I, I also like um, how you can Which, open up the shortcuts now. Yeah. You have those... uh ladders and stuff you can kick down like like in dark souls oh, uh, well ten more like demon souls specifically with that but yes some of that stuff is in the first dark souls that was that was way much more of like a demon souls thing because they would I not can't like, really think of any demons. there's a lot of like opening gates and stuff oh yeah yeah okay i yeah. was thinking like kicking ladders specifically oh sure yeah. well there's that one area yeah and like the start of dark souls where you do the ladder but i think there's i think there's one is there uh, it doesn't matter it's, yeah. so um, also something I appreciated with Hitman 3 is they scaled back the mission stories from 2 which often felt like too handholdy yes. uh, where here they'll have like 2 or 3 that's basically just like do these first so it will show you what's in the level what you can actually do and then you can just go free form find the challenges do that stuff like you would normally do there's a certain power fantasy in in the Hitman games too that I you know talk about it being the same thing over and over again, but still enjoying it. Like yeah, that first level, I think you sit down. Like one of the things that you can do is pose as a a lawyer or something like that and sit down with one of the targets and have kind of like a business meeting. But like you have like You're, a really sharp a, fountain pen on you, and yeah. like you just sit there in the entire time. You as the player are like. I could just murder this guy at any second. I have the power to do so. And the only reason he is not dead is because I will it. <laughs> can do that to Sean Bean too. Yes. I, I, that first level too, like the Dubai one, I think is just a beautiful looking level. There's a mm -hmm. lot of different things you can do in that too. Just like dropping shit from the rafters on people or taking them out in a helicopter, like getting up to the top of that. And it being that kind of like mansion that's located at the top of the tower. And it's called a penthouse. Uh, yeah, but it's like the way that they actually like yeah. that, the way that location looks is it just looks like they built a mansion within yeah, like on a platform inside of the tower. That has but, the, uh, the thing where you can pose as the assassin and he's like, Hey, show me how good you are at throwing knives. And so <laughs> like, as you throw knives at the targets and then it'll be like, Hey, that's pretty good. All right, bodyguard, you can leave. I'm going to stand at the edge of this <laughs> platform for a while. That's great too, because like you don't even have to throw a knife at him and sort of complete the thematic loop. You yeah. just push him. Yep. God, how is this not your number one? What the fuck? Uh, you'll see. All right, well, I got to rearrange some of my list then. That was my number one. It's my game of the year is Hitman 3. I'm going to have to find right. something else since we talked about it Fantastic now. Fantastic game. My number two, you'll never see this coming, is Persona uh -oh. 5 Strikers. <laughs> wow. They finally made one of these kind of games I enjoy. Did you play this to completion? I nearly platinumed this game. The only wow. reason I stopped is you have to do an, an oh, excessive right. amount of a yeah. perverse amount of grinding in this thing. I remember you talking about um, that now. But this is this is an all time summer game. Uh, <laughs> it is. It takes place in the summer. You're going on a, a summer road trip with your friends, but also, you know, there's another demigod that you got to murder. Summer um, vacation. We're going to Happy World Land. That stuff is like all like a lot of 
I, I like the writing in that. I like the character interactions of just like, we're all just going to take a break and like go get some good food and like just visit these different locations in Japan and just have like kind of a summer trip. And like I would play yeah. that game in the morning. I would have a nice refreshing NOS to start my day and I would feel in the morning. I play that game. At <laughs> yeah, night. And I, I play that game when I play that game. <laughs> um, and at every 10,000 points, I play that game. Uh, Order some uranium off the dark web also. <laughs> Yes, the whole dark web mechanic is really good. To start buying gold with cryptocurrency. Uh-huh. Um, no, I I was able to have a summer vicariously through the Phantom Thieves' summer in that game because I sure as shit wasn't going outside where it was like 130 goddamn degrees. So it was a fun summer game to play with the AC on. Just getting to go do beach missions and everything. I just had a really good time with it. Yeah, it, it, it seemed it, good. It it's just one that I... Like got distracted with something else, never went back to it. I had a good time with it while I was playing it. Yeah. I also like any time that there is like a 30-something-year-old character in a Persona game. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, oh, here's my outlet. Here's the old man. Yeah. Like, Coffee I, Dad is probably like, what, 40? 50, I would say. I think he's older than that. I, I don't think so. Because it's his... I thought that it was his daughter is actually Futaba's mother. I don't know. Like, I think he's almost granddad age, but I might be wrong. It's been a while since I played it, and he barely shows up in this. But even then, like, he's still like cool phase copy dad, where he's just like, shit, yeah, I'll buy you kids an RV. Yeah. It's awesome. Copy dad rules. Yeah. Uh, he was always there's, good. There's copy no, dad has always been cool. There's no Goro Akechi dragging this game down, that piece of shit. Um, Sainijima briefly shows up, so that's another highlight. Uh, who oh oh yes what's her sister uh, yeah that is your That's actual cool. like base persona 5 there is your tired 30 something year old stand-in is sainichima <laughs> worked okay. to the goddamn bone um no i i talked about it with like persona 2 i really like that that game centers itself more around like an adult cast of characters and it was nice seeing like another adult kind of come in and actually be like a persona user in this game and see how like his troubles are vastly different from everybody else's. Like he's got some adult shit to work through. Um, he don't need to study no more. His wife's dead. His daughter hates him. It's fucked up. Anyway, I like Persona Five Strikers a lot. Great game, number two. I'm, su- I'm surprised there was one game kind of missing from your list. I'm surprised did not make it. What was it? Because I still have a different one to put in as number one now. Ratchet and Clank. I liked Ratchet and Clank a lot, but it was... I, I don't know that it landed with me the same way the rest of these did. Okay. I think all these are games I could easily sit down right now and do another full playthrough of. Ratchet and Clank, I don't feel like I can really do mm. that. Okay. I, I platinumed that game, and I sort of feel like I don't ever want to play it again. <laughs> yeah. Not that I it mean, was bad, just that one experience was enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, I pretty much never replay games anyway so i that's, that's how i played every other ratchet and clank was i get all the sure. stuff in it and then never play it again certain games i will replay like i definitely will go back to resident evil 8 uh i want to like platinum persona 5 strikers and i plan to but again it's a summer game i can't play it in the mm. winter i mean come on that's that was... ridiculous why would you even say that <laughs> <laughs> what a story george anyway. oh i know we like to have fun here uh like if we had a best graphics category this year i feel like ratchet and clank would be it Oh, yeah, probably. 
But my number one, it has been over 15 years. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been uh, a long Nobody road. thought it would happen. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought if it did happen, it would be good. But the mad lad did it. Tim Schaefer is here. He's brought Psychonauts oh. 2 to us. This is better is than Hitman 3? Yes. What is. the goddamn fuck are you talking about? Psychonauts 2 is really, really, really great. Huh. Uh, it's the platforming. They t- they tightened up the platforming on level 3. So <laughs> it's actually good to play now. The combat's a little... Eh, it's, I, I would say like the combat's the weak part. But that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. The levels are all amazingly imaginative. Uh, character work. This game, the story gets deep into like the politics of an Eastern European country in a way that you might not expect. But from Persona 5 Strikers also has levels themed around character-specific psychological distress and also Eastern European politics. Okay. You know, the one level where that happens. <laughs> is that actually true? No, I mean, there is like oh. a castle-themed level, and you fight <laughs> a dragon at the end of it, and the dragon has Dio hair, and it does Dio poses. That is pretty good. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, the last thing I was expecting to see in a Persona game was Dio. Okay, I'll give you an example of one one area. Um, you find this brain... Uh, I like this already. You, you need a spare brain for a character who has lost his. And Understandable. So you uh, go and you look up uh, in the brain bank that mm. Otto Mentalis keeps. Um, he's sort of like the scientist member of the Psychonauts. And by the way, this game takes place immediately after the first game. Like, right after. Uh, there is sort of a bridge in between them, which was the Rhombus of Ruin, which was a, I think, PSVR only game. Oh boy. Yeah. So I didn't play that. Yeah. But um that I guess sort of takes place between them. It doesn't really matter, it recaps everything that happened there. Um hey, there's a new Half Life game that thirteen people who still play VR games have enjoyed this year. I was I was thinking about getting that. Yeah. I reinstalled my Oculus Rift because I wanted the Resident Evil 4 VR, and then it turns out that it does not work. Hell yeah, time to start having It's only the quest Enjoy the Oculus experience Which is finding out a bunch of stuff is incompatible Now and you're also going to have compatibility Issues with your operating system Because you reinstalled the fucking Oculus software That doesn't work right Yeah, anyway (laughs) So you go find this brain That's in the brain bank Don't know who it belongs to You talk to it it turns out that because it's been in this tank for so long, he has extreme sensory deprivation. Like at mm. first he does not even know like how to talk or how to like see. This sounds like every episode of our podcast. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, but because of this, then he gets sort of overloaded with senses. Once you bring him out, like you can use clairvoyance on him to see what he sees. And it's just like, it looks like cruelty squad basically Um, okay well now i know why it's your number one and so you go in here and you're basically trying to bring his senses back online and this is under it's supposed to look like um like a 60s music festival everything is heavily cell shaded it's got that look 
and mm-hmm. you're like putting the band back together basically the band is like vision uh audio is another guy like so you go through all these levels is that like a pod or something is that supposed to mean something to me no no it's just his name audi you know like the guy from digital foundry audi. oh oh um the german guy i okay. yeah, yeah i get it so um like you're just going through here you're getting like touch and taste and all this and like you go through the taste part and there are giant tongues slapping around you go through the smell area there are big noses with like giant hair coming out of them oh, swinging I around this. <laughs> it's, i mean it's all cartoony like, it's not gross they're the first level is very sounds gross sounds like though. a goddamn double dare course <laughs> kind of is the first level uh there are uh, like giant zippers made of teeth and you have to use tech uh, your um what, uh, psychokinesis tele- telekinesis god uh, telekinesis to like unzip the teeth it's or the game has a warning when you start it like hey if you have problem with teeth stuff you're gonna have a bad time which it's is a pretty, pretty good funny. warning to have yeah um, now now what's the main character's name of that game again raz I'm imagining Raz like breaking his leg in that level, and Mark Summers just like having to hold back puke. <laughs> Raz Sputin. Um, Raz's dad, by the way, voiced by Armin Shimmerman. <gasps> what do you think of oh. that? Well, I think that I should definitely give Psychonauts 2 a shot then. It now, is your number one game of the year. Yeah, also looks fantastic. Like, obviously, yeah. the, the art direction is like carrying a lot of the weight, but the texture work is surprisingly good it, mm. it runs really well uh looks great like there was a part where you're like on a giant wedding cake and you can see like the icing like, as, as they would see on digital foundry the materials work is like top notch <laughs> in it they really like to say that it's it's beautiful to behold in fact the game um, makes use of bespoke brain models <laughs> yeah <laughs> but there is a caveat here that I have to mention because you okay. say you, you would want to check it out. Yeah. There is no PS5 version. Yeah, I know. That's so stupid. Well, again, Double Fine was purchased by the Microsoft Corporation. Yeah, but it's so still on it's... PS4. I, oh, it's it just, is? Yeah. It's just weird the that there's no PS5 specific version. Apparently, okay. they did patch it. So if you play it on PS5, I guess, you know, like they did for Horizon or God of War or something. But yeah. I don't know like if that would make it look as good i don't think it would because i don't think they would be patching in like the higher res textures and stuff hmm. i'm i'm not sure you would have to maybe look up a video to try to compare and see how that is yeah, i just um, assumed it was not on any sony console because of the microsoft nope. connection so no, it's still on playstation uh huh? just only ps4 but um that would be something we were talking about earlier about their acquisition from Microsoft. So this game originally, if you remember, was crowdfunded. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. They put on Fig, whatever Fig is. Remember that like two month period where there were things on Fig? Fig's about to take off in a big way, considering uh, cryptocurrency and <laughs> NFTs seem to be a thing that Kickstarter wants to get away. Yeah, whatever. So this from what i have read this game was much more limited in scope back then uh and then once they were acquired by microsoft that was when it became what it is now Mm. which is good uh and i would hope 
and I believe it will be based on what I've heard from like other studios is that Microsoft, when they buy stuff, they're basically just like hands off and just like, here, have some money, go do whatever you want because they're just desperate to have games that people want to play <laughs> that are des- that are uh, exclusive to their platform. So, um, yeah, it, this mm. is a case where it's good. Also, uh, if they had not been acquired by Microsoft, this would have killed them. Oh, yeah. Because nobody yeah. bought it. Nobody yeah. would have played it. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. Double Fine Games right. not necessarily selling, you know, well enough to begin with. But yeah. This yeah, one like, especially. Look at um, the previous stuff they've been doing. It's like, of course, these were not Tim Schafer projects. They were just Double Fine in general. But like yeah. that Rad game or whatever, those sort of a roguelike thing is nobody cared about. Oh, Headlander, yeah, nobody cared about. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but here we got the big T man back in charge, yeah, uh, with a big project, and it uh, delivered and then some. So, well, my game of the year, Psychonauts two. Yeah, I uh, I have at the eleventh hour come up with my number one game of the year because uh, we've already talked about Hitman. It's Koikatsu Party. Available now on Steam. Creating your own adorable anime character is a what is this? cinch. What are you doing? Use a robust suite of intuitive and precise tools to customize a character from the ground up. Give her one of 30 different personality archetypes and then get busy with a host of romantic options. Anyway, you see what I'm Bring saying. Bring your though, dream right? life to life. <laughs> Recent reviews overwhelmingly positive. Our reviews very positive. <laughs> You see what I'm saying, though, right? Though, like, because Hitman Three is just like an iteration on Hitman Two, whereas Psychonauts Two is this like huge project from a studio on its deathbed, basically a, a big comeback. Ko- of course, it should be Ko- number one. Koikatsu Party has a VR mode. Uh, it is free, <laughs> available content that you can add on to the base game. It's uh, it's it's huge. It's real big. Bring your waifu to laifu. <laughs> it says it right in the description, Larry. That's, that's a really good tagline. You should just open with that instead of burying it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to... Uh, this game is a work of fiction. That's good to know. Any names, organizations, locations, and events. It's just like a Shin Megami Tensei game, really. Like, none oh, yeah, of these yeah. people... Are, yeah, no. It's Why you can make Cleopatra have big bazongas? Because she never existed. Uh, it was not a real <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I I have to wonder if you brought Cleopatra into like 2021 and you showed her anime Cleopatra, how quickly she would kill you and then herself. <laughs> Very quickly. Uh, it's time for the last category, which is best uh, retro game of the year. Wait, uh, this is not. Oh, we've we've done this before. Uh, you already, I, I think, know think what's what's coming. Uh, this is basically just a game that I played off my list within the last year. That is the best of what I have played off that list in the last year it's super mario 64 a fantastic a uh, great little game maybe you've played it as part of the super mario all-stars 3d uh collection i don't know why you would do that it seems like a shitty way to play it you just play it on pc and it looks way better it's why what's wrong with you why would you now what is this super mario 64 uh it's the first 3d platformer mm. game ever made ever please don't look to my right 
uh, Bubsy is standing there. And I told him <laughs> to go hide in the closet and he refused. He really wanted to be part of the podcast. Um, no, I, I have talked about my experience with this game a lot in the past about, you know, going to play it at the uh, arcade with the guy who uh, he is in jail for a very long time. Um, and also, <laughs> I don't remember that. Actually. You don't? No. I'll tell this story for the millionth goddamn time. Though. There was an arcade uh, in the town that I grew up in. And uh, one of my first times, if not the first time that I played a Nintendo 64, he basically had it set up on a TV screen. It was kind of roped off with like one of those little like velvet, you know, rope things you would have at the movie theater. You would pay him like 10 bucks to play like 10 minutes of the Nintendo 64. I remember this part. Yeah. And like this is, you know, I, I saw the Yoshi thing. It was my first experience. I kept trying to tell people Yoshi was in the game. They wouldn't believe me. Uh, this guy also was like molesting kids upstairs uh, oh, of at course. the arcade. Yeah. And so I don't think it, it never happened to me <laughs> as far as I can. Unless there's some repressed memory. Um, I saw Yoshi and Mario 64. And also I saw a penis <laughs> and the penis looked at me and the penis gave me 99 lives. Um, no, he, he, he went to jail. My mom was dating his brother at the time (laughs) they they broke up very shortly after this all came out um he worked at the blockbuster uh so mom really just not knocking out of the park with uh, the guy she was dating in the 90s um yeah so it's just this like kind of dark underpinning to the whole like arcade experience uh that i had um that arcade got shut down so all the rest of the arcade gaming i did back in the day was at like the movie theater so which I suspect is like like where a lot of kids got their arcade experience. I don't think like even in the nineties, a lot of small towns had dedicated arcades. No, so um, but it was nice while it lasted. It was always really dark in there. I think. <laughs> well, yeah, arcades are. I think that's kind of the hmm. Like, um, that's not unique to this. No, it, it was it was like it was like literally all the lights were off all the time. <laughs> Like, from my memory, it was very dark in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad arcade. <laughs> I mean, I'm putting the stuff aside about the sexual molestation. It was just not a very good arcade. <laughs> it's a very poor selection of games. <laughs> the lights were always off the AC. It's kind of all about his personal life. The Kevin Spacey was a very good actor. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey asked me if I wanted to play Mario 64 for $10 and then go up to the attic with him. Did he do a new video this year? No, that's why he was trending was people were disappointed. He didn't do a video where he was saying he got away with multiple instances of rape. (laughs) Yeah. That was a highlight. Every is a tradition, but on the TV, like the Yule log. (laughs) Oh no. Oh, that sounds awful. No, Mario 64 has held up remarkably well. There was a, a period in my life where I insisted that it did not stand the test of time. And during that period of time, I had not come back to the game for a while. I just assumed like, oh, there's no way Mario 64 holds up. Absolutely holds up. It's still a great, fun little game. Like the the lowest point is, of course, like it suffers from very common issues with 3D cameras back during that era of gaming. And there's just not really any getting around that unless you played on PC where someone has surely modded in like a much more modern camera scheme to that thing. Um, but like all the, all the levels feel great. Like the little individual missions are a lot of fun. It never really feels. Yeah. Yeah. 
King Bobomb. Uh huh. You have Mips the Rabbit. Yeah. The big, yeah, the big thwomp. No, I. It's, you know, I I don't really like collectathon games, but I think part of why Mario sixty four lands right with me is that it doesn't feel like it is completely overburdened the same way that a lot of other collectathon games became. Like it was very focused on what it wanted to do. Like, oh, there's just like six of these per level. You know, one of them's collect a hundred coins. That's the biggest pain in the ass out of any of them. Um, but like it all is just a fairly straightforward game with some great level design, excellent controls. Like the visual presentation is great in that thing. All the levels are just extremely memorable. I, Mario 64 is fantastic. There's a reason why it spawned an entire specific genre of 3D platformers. It's just a shame those all became extremely bad very fast, including subsequent nope. Mario games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Remember Mario Sunshine? I wish I didn't. It fucking sucked shit. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, but yeah, it's my favorite game that I went back and, and played this year. And you know, Shocking. of course, there's there's a, I mean, besides the fact that it's just you know, it's one of those games that makes a lot of people's best games of all time list, which it I wouldn't put into my best games of all time, but uh, it, no, it does yeah, have a lot of extremely important. Oh yeah, it it definitely would make my list of my short list of like these are the most important games of all sure, time. Sure, like most influential games. Like you got that, you got yeah. Metal Gear Solid. That's basically mm-hmm. it. It's the those two. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Of no, course. no. Everyone wanted to be Sonic the Hedgehog. Nope. That, no, that so wouldn't be there. Remember Awesome Possum? Win back. That would be in the most influential games of all have time. Have you played uh, Decap Attack lately? Because I have bad it's not a good game <laughs> yeah i remember decap attack those birds are giving you what for <laughs> would would bad games also be in like the most influential list like in the sense that like yeah. people went oh let's never do anything like this ever again because i would say sonic 06 is one of the most important games of all time and that it's like one of the most egregious examples of a popular game franchise going totally sideways Okay, well, I was thinking more like games that start a really bad trend, like Breath of the Wild. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Recently. Yeah, uh, there, there was a list recently of like people polled in Japan, and that was like the, the all-time greatest game according to Japanese audiences. And, like that's just what's going on. Sad. They had that radiation leak. In Japan. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Inafune said it himself: "Games in Japan are dead." <laughs> We specifically surveyed people around Fukushima to determine the best <laughs> game of all time. People polled were over the age of 50 or Shiba Inus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Mario 64 is fantastic. I love that game a whole lot. Played the original card I played with my grandpappy. And so, you know, that's another part of it, too, is just there's a very specific nostalgia, very specific memories for me with that game. and and. You know, I think I played it at the exact right time in in this list, kind of capping it all off with that. So, Retro Corner. That, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that was Retro Corner. We just I did know. it. That was the end cap. The, you know, Retro Corner. No, you start by saying Retro Corner, you dolt. Yeah, but I didn't say it at the start, so I had to say oh it at some God. point. Oh, my God. 
Mr. Psychonauts 2 is the best game of the year over here. Fucking Hitman's number two. Didn't even have Quikatsu Party on his list. How are you going to bring your you, waifu to life, Larry? Do you remember you the time that you put your number one as Mario Odyssey, and so you ended up getting it like as our overall number one, even though Hell I yeah. wanted it to be near Automata? Yeah, I fucked that all up for all of you. <laughs> Oh no! Well, I have I have horrible news. Koikatsu Party was a 2019 release, so it must be stricken from my list. All right. Also, this game is 48 goddamn dollars. What the hell? Digital oh, games. Per- perverts will pay anything. Anyone is going to add this to my cart? So let's wrap up the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's been the Golden Gizmos. Congratulations to Psychonauts Two and Hitman Three. Yeah. Uh, for being the two best games of the year. In fact, yeah. that's canonical. Yes. We're so in agreement with this better, time. though. But... No, that's not true. <laughs> it, it, it's better. Technically, because it's Hitman game. made it into both of our like top twos, but Psychonauts didn't, that means Hitman 2 has more votes, so it is then elevated to the well, overall Hitman 2 game isn't of the year. Either of our I'm list. sorry, Hitman 3. <laughs> See, that's exactly it. It's, <laughs> it's the same game. <laughs> Well, I guess when you put it like that, I mean, <laughs> uh, best remake of the year, Hitman 3. Yeah, but see, this is why we don't do like an overall list anymore, because then yeah. it would just be Hitman 3. Yeah. Well, that's it. We'll be back next week for the final episode of the podcast. Uh, bye. That's not, no. <laughs> Come on. Goodbye, dinosaurs. Oh, he must protect those he has left. Secret identity you can never tell